Buying a house can be one of the most rewarding purchases you ever make in your life and serves as the cornerstone of the American dream. The problem is that 48% of renters do not think they will ever be able to make this purchase, according to a recent study by LendingTree. Right now, you could be hearing this and think, wow, that's me. I don't think I'll ever be able to own a home. Well, this couldn't be further from the truth, and I want to show you why that's the case. Today, I'm going to give you three easy-to-follow steps that you can take to make the move from renter to homeowner. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Financial Mirror, Financial Mirror, where future success is reflected in our knowledge of fixing the one thing we can control ourselves. Hey, what's going on? Uh, sorry for the slight delay. I had a uh, little bit of a technical issue uh, getting this thing started, but uh, nonetheless, we are live and we are ready to go. So here we go. So uh, I, I don't really plan on this being a, a formal stream per se. Um, I mean, formal stream. See, I'm thrown off now. This whole this whole technology thing just just really threw me off. Uh, I don't plan on this being a formal series, uh, but I am going to do a, a little little bit of a of a, str- a little sh- stretch of uh, sort of home buying and, and sort of getting in that mindset uh, around home owning and and trying to 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 just show you show uh, all my listeners how you can be a homeowner um and this sort of all started um from a a recent article that i ran across and it said uh 48 percent of renters worry they won't ever be able to buy a home um that was a survey it was done by lending tree and and it, it really it really caught my eye right like i read that and i was like huh 50 percent almost 48 percent to be exact by the survey 48 percent of uh, of renters out there don't think they'll ever be able to buy a home and i, and I was just it, i was thrown I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you i was i was thrown for the simple fact that that couldn't be further from the truth so uh this survey uh, it was completed by lending tree they surveyed 1800 consumers and they found uh the following for the top five reasons uh, there's more reasons if you're if you're watching this live you can see them on the screen uh, if you're watching it live you can see it but there's five reasons out there that renters aren't buying a home uh, and they don't feel like that they can right and and that's that's what is really just just throwing me fifty four percent they say they can't afford a down payment thirty six percent are saying that prices are too high in their in their current area thirty two percent are are affected by uh, their credit scores, making it harder for them to qualify. Uh, 25% don't have a stable job, and 22% are not sure where to settle down. And and I'm I mean yeah, so this clickbait it got me, <laughs> like the clickbait got me. 48% renter, huh? Let me click that. Let me read more about this. So I saw the title. Uh, I wanted to read some more on it. I you know I never go off titles alone, so I wanted to read into it, and I found it because um, truthfully. Home ownership is literally the cornerstone of the American dream, right? Uh, when you have people out there that are actually worried that they won't ever be able to be a homeowner, uh, you, you've, I've got to do an episode on it. I just knew I had to do an episode on this, and and here we are today. Uh, so, you you know, you might ask, you know, you know, 
why like why 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 did you, you it was so important to you and i was like well that's pretty easy it's pretty easy for me to answer that actually well uh it's simply something that no one should be worried about because it's not true like it's it's totally not true every person is is able to be a homeowner um and it is something that you control and that's the part that that I really wanted to push. I really wanted to get out there. I wanted everyone to know that you can be a homeowner. And this episode is all about giving you three steps that you can take so that is, so you can become a homeowner. Ultimately, um, you don't believe me, uh, you know, that you're in control of it. Well, let's think about the statistics for just a second. So I've got them up on the screen if you're watching live. Um, but number one was you, they, you know, they were saying they can't afford a down payment. Well, my question to to that individual would say, well, well, how much effort have you, you know, you put into cutting your spending so that you can begin saving for that down payment? And, and if, you know, I, I don't know what the answer is, but that would be my question. Uh, the other one, the second highest was prices are too high in their area. And are they now? Well, they might be now, you know, that's very well true. The market is the, the housing market is booming, um, due to supply and demand alone. But, have they always been? Well, maybe not. And, and that might be, you know, they, maybe they have been, maybe they've always been too high in your area, but, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say it cause this, this is a tough one to say, but I am a, a very straight to the point individual. So if prices are too high, quote unquote, too high in your area, uh, you're probably living in an area that you can't afford. Just being honest, uh, moving, might be what you need to change your life. Uh, and you don't have to move that far. Normally you can go one, one neighborhood over or something. And, uh, you can be out of a very, very, um, affluent area and into a more, uh, cost efficient area just by being a neighborhood over, you never know, but, but you've got it. You've, you know, that, that would be my question for that price too high in your area. Okay. Well, let's look at other areas and let's see what we can find. Credit score makes it hard to qualify. Well, credit scores are not required to buy a house. Uh, I know that's pushed and that's pushed and that's pushed, but it's not true. You're not required to have a credit score to buy a home, uh, but a good financial report card is necessary. Uh, don't have a stable job. That was one of them. Well, you're in control of that. Stable is defined as being firmly fixed. Uh, is, do you have a job that you know is steady? Uh, this can be achieved by anyone. If you don't have a stable job, you can get a stable job, especially in the current market that is booming hot. It is as hot as the housing market, jobs market. People are wanting to hire. And if you don't have a stable job, now is the time especially to jump in and do that. Uh, and then the other one was not 22% said they were not sure where to settle down. Um, that's not, that's not really a good reason to not buy a house, just being honest. Um, but the answer is if you're not sure where to settle down, my answer would be somewhere that you can afford. I, it doesn't really matter where you settle down. Uh, what I would tell you though, is if you, if you can afford a house, buying a home, uh, just because you're unsure, you know, you're currently living in an area, uh, regardless if you're ready to settle down or not or settle down in that area, you know, buying a home is not going to prevent you from being, you know, it's not going to make you stuck there, right? Like you're not going to buy a house and then like, well, there it is. I planted my flag here. I'm stuck here forever. You know, like that's not how buying a, buying a home works. So, um, you can see these statistics are in my opinion, very poorly worded. Um, and they are built around excuses. Every single one of the, the five things that I just went through. And if you continued going through that, uh, they are excuses that keep someone from buying a home. They are not actually reasons to not buy a home. And, and that's what I want to, I want to stress. I want to stress that. And I can't stress it enough. Uh, they shouldn't, these, these 
concepts right here, these excuses, what I call them, um, they, they should not ever make you feel like you can't buy a home. They are, you're in your head and they're going to keep you from, from being, you know, where you want to be ultimately, uh, but you can do it. So I'm today, this whole episode is about giving you three steps that you can take now, like today, um, and you can move from being a renter to a homeowner, like start these today and you will, uh, I, I promise you, you will be a homeowner. Like there's no like, and if, or buts about it, you will be a homeowner. So let's jump into number one. Hey, if you're enjoying the podcast today and you have a genius idea that you want to share with the world, Anchor is going to be the easiest way for you to make that podcast a reality. First, it's free. When you're thinking about your finances, free is always good. Second, save your money. You really don't need professional software to get started. Anchor's tools help you create and then edit that podcast right from your mobile phone or computer. Anchor's then going to help you by distributing that podcast to all the major podcast applications, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. You can then easily make money for your podcast. No minimum listenership is required. So Anchor obviously is everything that you need to make your podcast dream come true. I use Anchor to distribute out my podcast and so should you. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Once again, don't wait. Do it today. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started first thing that you have to do to be a homeowner is you've got to get your debt under control. If you are totally debt free, that is amazing. And you know, I would, I congratulate you applaud. You are through step one. Like you can, you can continue listening because we're going to get to step two, but that is where you can pick up and start. If you have your debt under control and you are debt free, you can start at step two of this three-step process to becoming a homeowner. But just so I can pick up, uh, because a, a majority of Americans are in some form of debt, and it could be a small debt or it could be a very you know a large sum of debt. Uh, but let's get it under control. So the first step that has to be completed is you've got to get your debt under control. And you notice, I did not say that you need to improve your credit score. I said it again. It's not about a credit score. You can buy a home without a credit score. Uh, what you need to do is get out of debt so that you can start making positive progress in your finances. So if you need help with this, uh, I do have a whole get out of debt series that you can go watch and it will help you build your get out of debt plan. So it's on YouTube, it's on Facebook. Uh, you can also listen to it on every, no matter where you listen to podcasts, it's, it's on there on any podcast platform, go listen to it. Uh, it can really help you in building that get out of debt plan from step one, all the way to step four, you will take all four videos go through them and you will have a debt-free journey. Um, if you'll put all those things, all those, all the, the fundamentals into practice. Okay. So I wanted to highlight, uh, you know, obviously go, so go watch the get out of debt series. If you are in debt and you need a little bit more information on this, this episode is totally around the home, you know, moving from renter to homeowner. So I'm going to focus on that, but I did want to highlight a couple of points that you can do, uh, to get started, especially if you have very little debt and your get out of debt plan is not really that intense. The first thing you have to do is you got to be able to make a practical budget. So this is important because my first time budgeteers out there, they're going to try to do a lot. They're going to try to kill it. I mean, they're going to try to go all in on this budget. And that is, you know, not the best 
best route. You know, in all honesty, it takes you about 90 days to really and truthfully put together a good budget and live by a good budget. It takes about 90 days. Your first budget is going to have going to have flaws. Like it's not going to be perfect. There's going to be things you miss. There's going to be things that that you're going to overlook. That's okay. Forgive yourself. Adjust it and move on the next month. Correct it. Like that's what you've got to do. And this is so important uh, because I mean, think about it. If someone is trying to lose weight, right, and they say, I'm going to eat 200 calories a day and I'm going to lose weight, how long is that going to last? They very well might lose weight. I'm not, I, just like, you know, you might very well get out of debt one day without ever making a budget. Uh, but how long is it going to last? And that's the question. It's not going to last very long. Or, you know, using the same example, if someone's about to start exercising and they say, oh, they're going to exercise five days a week. Well, how long is that going to last? Well, probably not long because that's a stretch on your commitment. So I say all that to say your budget's got to be practical. You cannot say I'm going to, you know, I'm going to eat on a $25 a month budget. Like you're, you're, you're not, you're not going to do it. That's not practical by any means. Uh, so be fair with yourself, uh, be realistic, be practical but you have to identify those areas that you're overspending in currently and begin to adjust and change those. And that's important. That's important. That practicality of the budget that you've really got to knock out is ensure that you are doing just that. Every single item on your budget is practical in the amount that you've designated so that it doesn't seem impossible. I'm not going to tell you to go run a marathon the first time out running. We're going to start off. We might run a quarter of a mile. We might just walk a quarter of a mile. But we will get there. And that's how you have to budget. You will get there. You will be able to tackle your budget. You will be able to grow and you will get better at budgeting. But the fact of the matter is this. You've got to take those baby steps, make a practical budget that you can live by, and then you'll be on your way. Uh, So the second key point I wanted to bring up in terms of getting your debt under control uh, is you cannot try to pay off every debt at once. Like I said, uh, I go into these in great detail in the Get Out of Debt series that I I spoke about earlier that I did. Uh, But I did want to tell you that you've got to be laser focused on getting out of debt one debt at a time. Uh, the easy, easiest way to do that is the two you see on the screen. If you're watching this live, um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, it's the debt avalanche and the debt snowball. So two easiest ways uh, to tackle debt quickly. And I do, I do cover these in detail in the get out of debt series. Go check out that link. Uh, it's in the description for the get out of debt series. It'll take you right to the page uh, where all the episodes right there are and watch all four episodes and you will be on your way to, to being debt free. So uh, both of those allow you to the, the avalanche and the snowball both allow you to get out of debt, uh, focusing on one debt at a time. Uh, just how they, how you approach it. One is based off of uh, tackling, you know, uh, debts by smallest to largest or largest to smallest, whichever one, uh, or, and the other one focuses on interest rate. So neither here nor there, but, um, pick one and roll with it. It helps you focus on one debt at a time. So why is this important when it comes to, I, I dude, why are we talking about debt? I came and I watched this video cause I wanted to be moved from renter to homeowner. Well, uh, lenders are going to want to see, a debt to income ratio of less than 43%. That's the average. Um, and that ratio gives lenders a very good idea of how well you manage your money and how much home you can afford. Um, the ratio is calculated pretty simply by taking your monthly recurring debt 
and dividing that by your total pre-tax income, and then you multiply it by 100, and that'll give you the percentage. So the percentage is the most common way that lenders are going to get a quick judge uh, if you pre-qualify or not for a loan, and that's going to help in that mortgage process. So if you have tons of debt, it, that you're, that's going to increase your debt-to-income ratio percentage, uh, and that's going to affect your ability to buy a home. And, and so that's why this whole thing is important. This whole get your debt under control, that's why it's important. Because I want you to think about it. If I told you, if I was like, hey, uh, I've got a friend, he makes uh, $75,000 a year and he wants to buy a house, but he can't, you would be totally mind blown. I mean, your mind would explode. You'd be like, what? Dude makes $75,000 a year and he can't buy a house? Like, what's wrong with this guy? But I mean, let's think about it. Break it down. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use, you know, the gross instead of net. So, you know, you can get some easy math here, but the individual using $75,000 a year is making about $6,250 a month. Um, I'll say their current rent is 1100 uh, car loan costs them about 750 a month. Student loans is about 500 a month. Personal loan is about 550 a month and the credit card debt is about 200 a month. Those, those debts right there alone will put that individual at a 49% debt to income ratio. And that shows you that it's more than just how much you make. Like when you hear people tell you how much they make, or if you hear, if you understand how much someone makes, that doesn't mean that they are financially well off. There's people out there that are making a ton less that are worth a lot more. Um, because it's all about how you manage what you make. It's not about, it's not about at all. You have to organize how much you make and you will be, you will end up wealthier in the end. You will be able to move from renter to homeowner if you're managing your money. So that first part is getting control of your debt, because if your debts are eliminated, um, you will look financially healthy enough and a perfect candidate to be ready to buy a home. So knock out your debt, get your debt under control. And once that happens, you can move into step two for all those that are listening that are already debt free. Here's where you pick up and you get started right here at step two. So step two is you've got to be able to achieve a stable income. That's number two. Um, the, you know, stable income is achieved when you are working a job that is, I mean, steady, right? It's stable. Uh, you've worked it for most lenders are looking at uh, someone that's worked a job for roughly two years. And that's, that's not really a requirement, but that is a, a good starting point. Um, because, you know, people that are getting new jobs often that are, you know, constantly switching, switching jobs, it, they, they kind of look unreliable to a lender. And I'm not saying that's true. I'm not saying you are unreliable. There's a lot of things out there that would make someone need or want to switch jobs. Um, but when you're thinking about it from a lender, if you're about to give someone $400,000 for a house and, you know, they're constantly in and out of jobs, how does that look to you? And that's how the lender's going to look at it, right? So you've got to be able to show that you have a stable income. They're not going to want to just give you money to buy a home uh, when you don't really look like that you, you can maintain a steady enough job to afford a home. So the biggest takeaway right here when it comes to stable income is to know that a lender wants to see consistency in your life. And that's it. So if you just got promoted, that's awesome. And that will be considered. You shouldn't have problems getting a mortgage because you just got a promotion six months after you just switched jobs. Um, if you're self-employed, it can make this step a little bit more difficult uh, because normally lenders want to see, you know, um, 
pay stubs and that that things of that nature. Uh, but if you are self-employed, they'll want to see your last two years tax returns normally, and this will give a good you know a good idea of how much uh, income that you are bringing in on you know on a regular basis per year. Uh, so this is easy stuff, right? So if you'll look at the screen, if you're if you're watching this live, if you're listening to this on a podcast, I'm gonna call out a couple of states. But right here, I've got. I've got a, 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 a map that shows you the salary you need to afford the average home in your state. Um, and you can see you've got you've got very vast differences from um, from your lowest income states around like Ohio, West Virginia, where you need about thirty eight thousand dollars a year to to afford the average home um, to California and New York, where you need about one hundred and twenty to 91,000 and then Hawaii at 153,000 to afford uh, the average home. So that's, that's some big numbers, right? Like, and there is everything in between, you know, middle of the pack, you've got Texas at 66, uh, Minnesota at 64. So things like that. Uh, but you can see that this is, this is how much you need to afford the average home in your state. And you've got to be able to show that you can provide that on a consistent basis, not just that you can do that, you know, once out of five years, you lenders want to see that consistently. Um, the other important piece that I wanted to cover when you're thinking about stable income is how much home can you afford? Uh, and so why do I bring this up? Well, you know, I'll bring it up under stable income because stable is considered that you can consistently afford that mortgage on your income whatever income you have you have to you know consistently uh consistently you see i can't say the word consistently afford that mortgage on that income so people buy homes all the time that they can afford at that very moment at that certain point in their life however it is very much outside how much they can comfortably afford on the income they have and this is going to lead to problems in the future so how much home can you afford well um, that's a, you know, the, a good rule of thumb for that is 25% of your monthly take home pay should be going towards your mortgage. No more than that. So if the mortgage you're getting is outside of that 25% of your take home pay, uh, this home is one your stable income can't afford, and this could lead to problems in the future. So on the screen, you can see that that's the estimated home values, uh, for, for those, those areas, same, you know, same map. Uh, just estimated home value. So you can see, um, for instance, like California was like 120,000 needed to buy the average home. The average median home is about $522,000. Um, and then, you know, Texas median income or the, the median salary that was the average salary that was needed to buy the median home was 66,000, I believe. Uh, right here, you can see the median home value is 173,000. So you can see how those sort of correlate. Um, and you've got to figure out how much, you know, using that 25% rule, you've got to figure out how much can you afford on your income um, so that you don't get caught up in a house that you truthfully can't afford on a consistent basis. All right. So the final step, start your down payment savings yesterday. And I said that right. You, if you're planning on moving from renter to homeowner, we have to already be saving for it. You can't start tomorrow. You can't, you, you can start today, but you should have started yesterday. You've got to already be in that mindset that if you're trying to buy a home, if you're trying to move from renter to homeowner, 
you've got to start saving for those that down payment and those closing costs today. Um, so I, I and I, we've already missed yesterday. We've already missed it. So I'm saying start down payment savings yesterday, but um, we've already missed that one. So that so you have to feel like you're in catch up mode already because you missed that one. You missed that one yesterday. We're on today, and you've got to start now. Because before we ever start talking about the savings, you've got to know how much you need to save. And the first thing that you can do is get an idea of how much homes are going for in your area. Um, so you, you got to figure that out. Once you figure out how much average homes are going for in your area, uh, ensure that they meet that 25% rule of thumb, uh, from the last step. And then once you know this, you can begin to figure out how much you need to save. And this is where you're going to create that goal and you're going to begin grinding to achieve it. Uh, so you can see average, uh, down payments for homes. And this is all a down payment for a $300,000 home. And then how much the monthly payment would be for that, um, $300,000 home. So, uh, doing like a FHA loan at 3.5%, you know, you're putting down roughly 10,000, um, as a down payment, and that's going to run you for a $300,000 home about, uh, $21, $2,200 roughly, uh, per month. So you've got to figure out, we have to correlate and we have to see how much, how much house can we afford using that 25% rule and then figure out that down payment um, and how much you need to save so that you know what that savings goal is. Uh, because down, uh, down payments can be anywhere from 3.5% all the way up to 20% uh, or more if you so choose to put down more on the home. But uh, the only benefit of putting down more than 20% is to lower that monthly payment. And obviously after 20%, you avoid PMI. So, um, figuring out how much you can afford on the down payment is very important. Uh, down payments are not the only thing you have to save for though. So there's a common misconception when you're thinking about buying a home, you're like, Oh, I need to save for my down payment. Um, that's true. You do need to save for your down payment. Down payment is not the only thing you need to save for. Uh, the other thing that you'll need money for is closing costs on the home. So this will be an additional two to 3% of the home purchase price. Uh, so when you're thinking about that total amount, you're trying to wrap your head around how much money do I need to have saved up to afford the down payment and closing costs on a home? Well, first off, you've got to figure out how much are you going to put down on that home? Right, you can use these charts on the screen to sort of get ideas. This is for, like I said, a three hundred thousand dollar home. Uh, there's many calculators online to to utilize for this, but let's say you're going to put down ten percent on the home. Uh, you don't need to save for ten percent. Uh, if you figure out that you can afford, uh, you know, a two hundred thousand dollar home, you don't need to put down. You don't need to save ten percent. You need to save twelve or thirteen percent because you've got to include those closing costs. So once you figure out your total, um the total that you're going to put down, the percentage you're going to put down as a down payment, add two to 3% to that, take the percentage of the total home value and, um, you, and you'll have your amount of how much you need to save. And this is, this is life changing, right? Um, and that's going to be the answer to your question. If you were asking how much down payment do I need? Well, that's, that's it. That's what you need. Take your home purchase price, take the percentage of the down payment that you choose, and then add 3% for closing costs as that's the worst case scenario. The more, and you know, more is better always. Um, so this is where the fun begins. The good part is that you have gotten your debt under control. 
you have a stable income and now you're just trying to save money to start house shopping. Like you, you, you can go ahead and start house shopping. I don't know. I don't know when you're planning on, I don't know how much money you have saved. I don't know how much your down payment that you've come up with that you're going to put down. I don't know what type of mortgages you qualify for. I don't know. Cause you know, there's, there's tons of mortgage out there. There's USDA loans, there's VA loans, there's FHA, there's, um, conventional, like there's tons, there's tons of options out there and working with a mortgage, uh, mortgage lender, you will be able to, uh, figure out what's your best option, you know, get up with a loan officer, figure out how, how you're going to work that. Um, and you will get the answers you need. Uh, so I'm going to do an interview with a loan officer uh, on a future episode. And that, that might be a great time to, uh, stop in and ask questions during the live stream. If you do have questions specifically for, for the loan officer. Um, but I want to take this before I wrap this up. I want to take this time and I want to walk you through a real life example of how you can do this. And I want to go step by step, starting at getting getting your debt out of control all the way to um, this whole down payment calculation. So you can see these three steps in motion and you can apply these to your life. So here's the example uh, I want to wrap up with. And we're going to go. This is how easy it is. I mean, truthfully. This is how easy it is for you to move from renter to homeowner using these three steps. So step one, you've got to get out of debt using the debt snowball or the uh, debt avalanche, whatever you choose, go watch get out of debt series. If you need more details on those. All right. So step one, complete, you're out of debt. All right. Step two, you've got to stabilize your income. You've got to get your income under control. You've got to get a steady job. That's going to keep your income at a steady level to show consistency to the lender. Okay. So that's step two. Step two is that stabilize your income. Okay. The next part. So you've got, these are, these are things that you have to do. You're in control of both of those getting out of debt and stabilizing your income. You are in control of, and those can happen very quickly. You could be on step three very quickly. If you will just knock out those two things. Okay. Next part, step three, you've got to take 25% of your take home pay. So figure out what 25% of your take home pay is. So after tax income, look at that, how much you make per month, multiply that times 0.25. It's going to take the 25% and it's going to, and then multiply times 100 and it'll actually give you the percentage, right? So step three is take your take home pay and figure out what 25% of it is. Cause that's how much you can afford per month on a mortgage. So figure that out. And then once you have it, you can start looking for homes that match that. Okay. So there's multiple options out there, uh, but you got to take a look and get the home prices in your areas. You got to find homes that you can afford with that amount calculated. So once you figured out that 25%, you've got to find homes that you can afford with that amount. So go look, uh, go to, uh, any of your popular search engines. You can search for a mortgage calculator. Here's one I found on the screen. Um, and you can type in the home value. You can type in how much of that percentage of that down payment that you were going to, you're going to put down, um, pick, you know, a 30 year fixed or 15 year fixed or whatever type of mortgage uh, you're looking at, uh, get an estimated interest rate and then figure out, you know, how much you can afford. Right. Uh, 
that and then that's going to give you that monthly payment right there. So that's one way you can do it. Uh, the other way you can do it is you can go to a popular website like Zillow or Redfin or Truya or whoever, and they're going to give you an estimated monthly mortgage. And that's also a good, very good place to start. So if you're looking at the screen, you can see uh, where I've got it circled. This this four hundred twenty thousand dollar condo in Honolulu estimated payment is twenty seven sixty four a month. Uh, so it's just an estimate, right? But it gives you a good idea when you're house shopping and you've got that 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 percentage amount in mind. You've got that. You know what that 25% of your take-home pay is. You can start to look at how much home you can afford using that. And that's that's where you should be started. Now you've got that good take-home price uh, you know, figured out and how much you want to use as a down payment. You're going to add that to that two to 3%. I recommend the three just because that's worst case scenario. Uh, and you take that percentage of your home purchase price and boom, that's how much you need to save. Once you reach that amount, do it, go do it, go buy a home, go convert yourself from render to homeowner, just like that for the, the three steps. And you will be a homeowner. Like you will be living out that cornerstone of the American dream and you can do it. I know you can do it. Um, it can absolutely look intimidating at first. It, it truthfully can. You, you, you know, you start saving, you figure out new ways that you can make money and you will see that you will save so much quicker than you ever thought was possible. Um, Steve Jobs said, don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your inner voice. And I say that to say that article, if I, if I was trying to convert myself from renter to homeowner and mentally I, I knew I could do it, but then I see articles like that. It says like, Oh, 48% renters, you know, don't think that'd be about a home. Well, that's that outside noise that Steve Jobs is talking about. He's talking about all these people around you that they're also preaching. You can't, you can't, you're going to have to be a renter, you know, their whole life. They're, they're saying that they're going to be a renter their whole life. And you hear it and you're like, man, like maybe I'm going to be a renter my whole life too. No, it's not true. I'm telling you it's not true. Um, if at the beginning of this episode, you felt like you were a part of that 48% of worrying that you would never be a renter to homeowner, I hope that you can see now that that's absolutely possible. Like you will move from renter to homeowner, like you will. And, and that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, honestly, that's what it's all about. And then when you achieve it and you, you, you know, you've done the part of the part of the process that, I that I truthfully enjoyed, I think brings the most value to the individual is steps you know, steps one specifically is getting control of that debt is that you learn so much when you're getting out of debt that it will make two and three that much easier. You will start figuring out all these different ways to not only save faster for that down payment, but to save faster to get, get yourself uh, out of debt. And you will, you will figure it out and you will work through it and, and make it happen. And I think that that is truly when you value that home, you love that home, you appreciate that home because you know all the all the sweat and tears that went into that home. Um, so if you're ready and you need a little help uh, expediting the process, then I'm telling you, go and uh, go to financialmirror.org forward slash contact and fill out that contact form. Um, I'll be in contact with you because 
as a financial coach, uh, I can be there and I can help you get through those three steps quickly. Uh, I can be your financial coach and help you build your personal home buying plan and we will get you there. Uh, so like I said, go to the financialmirror.org forward slash contact, fill out that contact form. That's going to alert me and I'll make contact with you and we'll work together and we'll come up with the personal plan that you need to make all this happen. Finally, if you do want to give an extra dose of support to the stream, go to my merch page at thefinancialmirror.org forward slash merch and pick you up some awesome Financial Mirror gear. Uh, there's there's tons of new things. I, I, I just added the new Financial Mirror shirts on there uh, that have the have the logo on it, uh, the, the podcast logo on it. So go and check out some of that gear. If there's anything that you're interested in, pick you up a, you know, a shirt, mug, uh, whatever, whatever suits your fancy. And it truly is appreciated uh, for the support that you continue to show the Financial Mirror. I truly appreciate everyone tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, and share with any of your friends and family members that could use this information. If you're listening to this on the podcast, thank you. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review and a written comment. Both of those go truly a long ways. So until next week, peace. Continue improving the one thing you can control, yourself. Well, that wraps up today's Financial Mirror. Join us next week as we continue to work on ourselves, change our mentality, and to commit to achieving the success we always envisioned. Regardless of your platform, help us grow as a community. Please like, subscribe, and share with the people in your lives.